In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Tokenet Radio, Toki Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Well, being good is commendable, but only when it is combined with doing good is it useful. Today we are talking about doing something, combining your passions, expertise, and heartbreak, and we have several amazing women on the show today who are doing incredible things. Welcome to GirlfriendIt. A great place to connect and girlfriendify your life. Well, we're Lisa and Patty, and I, first of all, okay, this is fall break where we are living. And what that means, it means two different things. For it, you well, it and means for 100 me. degrees, what it means in Arizona. <laughs> yes. It, besides that, um, and you know what? And there's Christmas decorations out in the stores, which is really hard to fathom when it's 100 degrees and you're seeing Christmas stuff. But yes. besides that point, fall break means for you that you have kids at home and you're you're going to the zoo and you're going roller skating and you're going to dentist appointments. You're doing all that. For me, it means coffee time and connecting and girlfriend time, and I'm loving all I, my little. Things. Are so, you rubbing this in? I am kind of rubbing it in. I'm trying to. I don't know if that's working. But I have something I have to share with you that you don't know about. Because I've been, um, I met a girlfriend, a new friend, Debbie, this summer. And we were at a conference. We were sitting at this table. And we both went up at the same time to get a cup of coffee. And we were doctoring it up because, you know, it has to be a hot milkshake. And so we discovered that we both love coffee. And then I said, do you love going to Starbucks? Do you have a, yeah. And she's like, yes. And she goes, do you have a, a Starbucks? gold card and I'm like I didn't know they existed tell me about this gold I didn't card I didn't know they had a gold card tell me about this gold card so she proceeds to tell me about it and I'm like okay I have a registered card but I don't have a gold card so I was a little bit envious sitting at the table so she's become kind of my golden friend you're my golden friend but she's you know my golden card friend I see Starbucks so then I then a couple days later I mean then a couple weeks ago my daughter-in-law loves Starbucks Michelle and so she said I just got a gold card and I'm like Okay, now two people in my life have these gold cards, and I'm, I'm a little envious because I don't have a gold card. So guess what I got in the mail last night when I came home? I went to coffee. Actually, this week, one day, I went to Starbucks three different times with three different people. I was just, like, sipping my way through the day. <laughs> and so last night, I get home, and I have this letter, and I, I have to show you. I want you to open up and tell me what is inside of this. Oh, you can see you this got, right now. You brought props. This is a beautiful black. It looks like an invite to a, a wedding. And it, there's a gold star on it. And it. And I have a gold star. It says, congratulations. And there's a beautiful, I might add, almost looks like a Christmas card. Yes. Beautiful gold card that says, Lisa Jernigan, 
card holder since 2008. Well, and here's all my benefits because I am now at the gold level reward stage. And so I am so excited. So I wanted you to be the first to see my gold card. You can touch it if you want. You, you've earned it. So. I really have earned it. <laughs> and um, I, have, I have really, I bought many cups of coffee and shared them with many friends. And so I just want to dedicate my gold card to my friend Debbie, who was the first one that told me about the gold card. Whatever. To my daughter-in-law, Michelle, <laughs> and to my friend, Carrie, who's listening to the show right now, that she is my coffee buddy from a distance, and someday we will have coffee face-to-face. So this gold card is dedicated to those three women. And you know why it's not dedicated to you? Because you don't really appreciate it. <laughs> you just drink any coffee, and you don't really, but you're coming along. So I might give you a uh-huh. You know, include yeah. you in that list. I, but I might get one little beverage in there. Well, yes, yes. Carrie will be happy. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Carrie, let's have coffee, okay? <laughs> hey, so anyway, okay, so tell me a little bit about what fall break is meaning to you, because I, I, I want to hear a story, because we haven't really connected that much. Well, um, fall break, first of all, I had to take all my kids to the dentist the other day, and uh, as I was sitting there in the little waiting room, the doctor came through, the, the doctor being the dentist, came through and said, I know since you have a 16-year-old, I really need some advice because I just got off the phone with my wife who was See, crying. See, I can't fathom my dentist coming out and asking me, so you must have gone to him for quite a few years. Well, no, not really. But really? He, he did. Well, he, you know, we both have 16-year-olds, so he had connected on that level. And me thinking that, you know, I'm so funny, I said, Hey, man, when it comes to teenagers, every man to themselves. Wait, wait, I have to interrupt because that is really your philosophy in life because I know when we go shopping and if we go to a store and there's like a sale, as soon as we walk in the door, you go, every woman for themselves, and you, like, make a beeline to the thing. And so we just eventually hook up if we see each other again because it's really every woman for themselves. Yeah, and see, I think that's funny. So. In of course this, you do. In this scenario, when I said it, I thought it was funny. Well, I never got to see him again, and then I thought, Okay, he might have really thought that I was serious. <laughs> I am not here as your therapist, <laughs> and I'm not going to give you advice. So um, that happened yesterday. So and I've got to say, you are okay and you're laughing about it, it seems like. I can't fathom because I would have been chasing that man through the door going, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. I was just joking. Tell me your story. What's going on with your 16-year-old? And you're like, well... He, he misread me. He misread me. I don't care who you are. I think that's funny. But um, <laughs> I went to go see Social Network, and I thought that that was a great movie. I mean, obviously, they always have to put, you know, the sex and drugs in there, and sometimes you, you wonder how much that that's – well, you just know that that's just pure Hollywood. Because even, of course, after I w- watched it, I had to come home and do all the research to hear what you the You are the research queen. <laughs> Well, I really wanted to know the real story then, and if these characters, if these things really did happen. And, you know, there was a lot of fiction in it, and yeah. I think that was most of the fiction was all of the sex and drugs that they have to add in just because yeah. of Hollywood. Because one of the guys said, it's nice that history will portray us as being these big, you know, party guys, when in reality, all they were doing was sitting there coding, you know, yes. in front of a computer. Yes. Um but it's funny, as I pulled up on the Internet, you see all these other things that, that are, you know, going on. And I might add that uh, Courtney Cox and David Arquette are um, 
separating. I know you're going to weep at that, but that, is, that makes me sad. <laughs> that makes me sad. And I and I, I really appreciate you informing me on that because I had not heard that yet. Yeah, that's that's the news. But what was so neat was just what's going on with the miners um, getting out after you know they said 69 days. I guess yesterday was actually the 70th day, and um, just to to watch that taking place. And they were they were putting him in these this little capsule. I'm sure I'm sure the world all watched as they were. Oh, they said they had the like CNN doubled their viewership, and it was like I mean I can't remember how many billion of people were watching it because it was like it really kind of united the world. The efforts because they had people from NASA and United States that flew over there that were part of designing the capsule and getting all that all that you know the things to them to sustain them down there. Mm-hmm. But sixty nine days. That I is I can't insane. it in darkness, and you can only imagine what living conditions were like. But when they came up, they said it was like a resurrection. They came up, like, just in great spirits. and um, Well, they were singing down. Like I didn't see it live because I was having coffee yeah. with a yeah. friend, so I missed that part. And so. you didn't even have your gold card yet. But I didn't. Um, I, 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 I'm curious as to how they figured out who was going into those capsules. Well, like which one's first? Like I would be like, move out of the way, Lisa. It's my turn. It's every woman for themselves. <laughs> I'm going up. No, I'm I would going let up. you go. I would let you go up. Well, you would have. You would have. It probably gone up, and you would have had a sad look on your face, looking at me and waving to me as you went up the shaft. <laughs> and um, but anyway, you know what I heard is that they kind of. Um, uh, I, don't, I don't know, analyzed. I don't know what the word is, but they they determined who was the strongest emotionally. And they were the last ones to go. So the ones that were, you know... Having a harder time. Yeah, having a harder time got to go up first. And then, you know, they gave them the sunglasses because they haven't seen the light of day for 69 days. But Wow. Yeah, so it was amazing. And all the cheering and, you know, people were saying, some people, this is the happiest day. And, you know... Oh, I So it, it's those things. It just, those are amazing Happy stories. for some people. It's all relative because there was a mistress mm-hmm. and a wife that were... Um, I guess they realized. Okay, I didn't hear that. They realized that there was a mistress and a wife, and he had invited both of them to attend this this welcome party. And apparently, the wife was like, "No, not not going to watch you come up and and also see your mistress there." Wow. Well. So mistress showed up, but the wife did not. Okay, so, that's that's an interesting. Yeah. Where you go? Okay, that probably wasn't the happiest day for the wife. Uh, no, no, that well, that's kind of a different twist on it, huh? But um, okay, speaking of current events too, and what's going on in the world, um, I know that there's been in the news like um, Ann Curry and and George Clooney um, are kind of doing a special with uh, Sudan and what's going on there, and um, kind of bringing to light to the rest of the world some of the horrific things that are happening and how people are living over there. And um, I know that we are preparing for a trip to Northeast Africa in January, and so we're kind of watching that part of the world a little bit. And it is interesting how so many celebrities right now are really getting involved with with some of those causes. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's it's sad, but yet it's also great that the celebrities are going and making people aware. But sometimes... Um, Sometimes I feel that it's sad that it takes a celebrity to to bring out, you know, some of that darkness. But I I guess we should look at at it as at least they're bringing it out. But one of the things Clooney said um, that was happening over there in Darfur, um, if you knew a tsunami or a Katrina or, uh, you know, an earthquake was coming, what would you do to save the people? And 
when he puts it that way, it's like, okay, you know this is going to happen, going to take place. And uh, basically, they have about a hundred days before they sign the treaty with the the North and the South. I mean, it really is a civil war, and they're predicting genocide all over again. Yeah. And so, if you know that this is going to take place, why are we not stopping it? And and you, you you do have to go. Okay, what can we do? Well, and that's what our show today is about, is I must do something. And so we have several women that are going to be joining us coming up that have seen their hearts break, have, you know, felt their heartbreak, have, have combined with their passions and their experience and their expertise, and they have said, I must do something. But they, like you said at the beginning, they're doing something with it. And I think that's, that's the difference. And so many times it's so easy to have great intentions and go, oh, somebody should, but maybe that somebody is, is us and it's you sitting out there. So we're going to talk to some women today that actually that, that made, made it happen and took some steps on, on different levels. But, um, you know, I love that, you know, people are doing things because it's so easy. Because I don't know. I know we've talked about this sometimes, but um, what made us so blessed to, to grow up where we are? I mean, we could be living over there. And you know? to be able to laugh continuously. I mean, laughter is definitely the best medicine. Happiness and laughter um, is healing. And so stay tuned, and we will talk to Terry. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Mind Matters is the show that dares to ask what's on your mind. Take this opportunity to join Dr. Larry Ross, clinical psychologist and Joan Duhane, licensed clinical social worker, as they combined have over 50 years of experience in dealing with your mind. Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, only on Toginet Radio. Get ready for the Not-So-Soccer Mom Tuesday afternoons at 1 Eastern, noon Central on Toginet with Jill Hickey. You name it, from politics to pop culture to Jill's search for the perfect bronzer and chicken salad. The Not-So-Soccer Mom will weigh in on it all. The sentence, I have no opinion about that, is one that Jill has never uttered. Everybody In the early 90s, Jill finally decided to put her thoughts, opinions, mom advice, love of pop culture, hummus, and Starbucks, working out, cosmetic shopping, and politics into an actual website, and thus NotSoSoccerMom.com was born. Shortly after her fourth child, a boy, Jerome, now she's really got tons of topics to share with you. This is Laugh Out Loud Funny, and we're not kidding. What's a loud Nebraska girl who lived in Little Rock for many years and now is up in the Northeast doing, chronicling her opinions on everything? The wheels aren't off yet, but it's close. It's the Not-So-Soccer Bomb with Jill Hickey. Tuesday afternoons at 1 Eastern, noon Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a bug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. 
Well, today our first guest is Tori Smock, who is the founder and president of Room for Joy. Now, Room for Joy is dedicated to enhancing the healing process of chronically ill children by providing positive, imaginative bedroom environments. And they give special attention to the medical, the physical, the emotional needs of each child, and even their families by adding a special message that personalizes the rooms and fulfill their dreams. And I, I can't wait to hope you guys run to their site afterwards because they've done some amazing designs and bedrooms for children. So, Tori, welcome to Girlfriend at Radio. Thank you. Wow, that was a great advertisement. Well, thank, <laughs> thank you. You made us really well behind the scenes, I must say. <laughs> <laughs> well, i got to say, we first met Tori, Patty and I did, about 10 years ago. And um, I, I think you remember, Tori, we were all on the set of a uh, morning show in town, an ABC affiliate. And you were there doing a segment for an, um, a decor thing. And, and Patty and I were there doing a segment for girlfriends. And right. we met and would talk. And then um, a couple of times we met back up on the set doing other segments. And we realized in talking that um, we went to the same church and had some same you know, friends in common. And from there we have developed a, a friendship. And we've just stayed in touch and kind of shared in each other's journey over the past decade, which makes us sound old. But um, it's been so fun to watch that. So we I, we just want to jump in because you are truly doing the remarkable and doing something about your passion. So the first question we have for you is how did your passion for designing these custom bedrooms for chronically ill children, how did that all start? Well, I was born with scoliosis, curvature of the spine. So as a child, of course, many moons ago, <laughs> um, I was in and out of the hospital a lot. And when I would be out of the hospital and home, my room was my sanctuary. It was a really cool place. My mom let me paint color of purple, and that was just my my space, the place that I could go and and heal. Mm -hmm. So then as an adult, I had a child with scoliosis, and so I'm very connected to kids with um, ongoing illness. And then, again, as an adult, I went to school for interior design, and I worked in the industry for 15-plus years doing interior design in a retail-type setting. And about six years ago, my sister sent me an email about a similar type of organization that did dream bedrooms for sick kids in another state. And it just really connected with me. I just thought, wow, what a great way to take my uh, background, my experience, my gifts, and make use of that in a very positive way and, and try and make an impact in the life of another child. Mm, I love that. And you know what? You're, it, what you're, the things that you create, and we're always amazed because you really go beyond. And um, I know there's pictures of some of the rooms at your site at Room for Joy. But um, what has this journey been like for you? You know, it's one thing. So many times we go, okay, somebody must do something about that. And you go, okay, that somebody is me. And I don't know what the first step looks like or where do you, where do you go. And, and as we all know, whenever you start to do something to make an impact, it's, you know, the street is not paved with gold and um, chocolates. It's, it's exactly. So and, it's and it has been a, a, a rocky road. Yes. Uh, it, yeah, it, it's it's difficult. It has its moments, but 
it, it is a passion, and it is something that I really feel that I've been called to do. So I never really give up in my mind. There are days when I get out of bed and I think, oh, man, I just don't know if I can do it anymore. But then I think, wow, all of the lives that are impacted and all of the good that could be done, it's so worth it. And I guess that's just it. It's the commitment of it really being worth it. Mm-hmm. And I talked to the parents afterwards and the kids. We recently had a little fundraiser at a, a pizza place, and we invited all of the kids and the parents, and we had about five of them show up, and every one of them came up and talked to me about how important this was in their lives, that it really made a big difference in the life of that child. And so it was a good reminder for me to... Um, to know that it does make a difference. And so on those rough days, I remember that. I remember, you know, it does make a difference in someone's life, and that's what it's about. Well, you know, we talked about before going into the break, we were talking about horrific things that are going on in the world, and yet um, you know, we've been blessed to, to grow up here in America and just the laughter and the, the fun and the happiness that we are surrounded with and what you're doing um, in creating the environment that is also has such a great impact on people's health and their, their mental state of mind and um, they can go to that place to escape. What do you do, though, for your environment and your fun and laughter when you're dealing with and watching um, just, you know, so many kids that are, are dealing with you know, leukemia and different, you know, cancer situations. How do you escape? Uh, you know, it's kind of funny. It, it's like the rooms, when, whenever we do a room and we do the reveal on Sunday afternoon and that child comes home and we have a big celebration and they love the room and they're so excited. Honestly, that is my escape. The design part of it and and doing that is truly escape. I know it seems weird. My husband and I used to work at a children's home and we had two days off a week. And on our two days off, we would do these little design projects and remodeling projects. And people would ask us, "What's the matter with you? Why don't you, why don't you go away and rest?" And we talked about it, and it's like that is our rest. That yeah. is what. What fills us up again, I guess that's what fills our tank, is yeah. to be able to create and and do something for someone else like that. So that's what we do. Well, and, you know, we still get that. But I want just for people that are listening to truly understand what it is you do. You work in conjunction with Phoenix Children's Hospital, and they help you identify children that are chronically ill and who could use some, you know, some inspiration and some just a touch of love in their bedrooms to, you know, bring that happiness. Can you explain what Room for Joy does? Yes. Um, by creating the dream bedrooms, what what we do is go into the child's home and we it starts out with an interview and we talk about what their dream room might look like, their wishes, their, you know, things, colors they like, movies they like, what do they do in their spare time. From that, I formulate an initial design of the room based on that child's um, wishes. And then we also assess their medical needs. We work with the child life specialist at Phoenix Children's Hospital, and we build custom furniture to hide equipment. Sometimes we build wheelchair ramps, 
but we go into the room and we completely gut it and we provide a really over-the-top environment for them. And we do over-the-top for a couple reasons. Um, first of all, we like the kids to to see a room that they don't expect. Mm-hmm. So we do more than just paint and wallpaper if you go on our website. And the other reason is to share with them um, how God loves us. And we believe that God loves us in an over-the-top, extravagant way. So we seek to represent that in the room designs. But we do everything from putting in new flooring, we get them new beds, lighting, and these are families that are struggling financially, so they wouldn't be able to provide this environment for the kids otherwise. So it's not only a beautiful room, but um, we do a good job of uh, getting rid of maybe old carpeting, taking down popcorn ceilings, so it's a healthy environment for them as well. Well, and it not only benefits the childhood, just talk about how the, the family is, you know, is touched. Right. Right, and that's what they've told us. I mean, every mom, the moms always cry at the end <laughs> when yeah, they see yeah. the room, and, and, and I get that. I've been the parent of, of a child, and I get how your, your world really revolves around their health and their well-being, so, yeah, I get that. Well, I love to hear what you're doing, Tori, and it makes me think of the quote from Mother Teresa, we can do no great things, only small things with great love. And the fact that you guys build this custom furniture and custom design to hide the equipment, that is phenomenal because you're right, when you walk into a room and all you see is a bunch of hospital, you know, tubes and machines, it can be a little bit depressing. I mean, that's why people go, oh, I don't even like to go into the hospitals. Exactly. Um, You don't have to go home to your room. And have and see all of that as well. It's like you're never escaping that. Exactly. One of my favorite stories about that. We did a room a couple years ago for a little boy named Jack, who has a rare form of muscular dystrophy, and his room was in the master bedroom downstairs because he's on a ventilator. He has around the care, uh, around the clock nursing care, and when people would come over, you know, friends, relatives, whatever, they really avoided that room. Um, There was a lot of equipment in there, and it was very Mm hospital-looking. So when we redid his room, we redid it to look like the Rainforest Cafe. Uh. Thunder and lightning and things hanging from the ceiling and a waterfall. And we really worked hard to cover up all of the equipment with, you know, vines and trees and branches and all of that. His mom said afterwards, she said, you you have no idea what that did. She said, not only did it create a great atmosphere for Jack, but when people come to the house now, not they don't just not avoid that. They That's where they want to go. Everybody's in there. The whole family goes in. They sit on his bed. They watch TV with him. She said it's just created a whole new environment for him with family and friends and people that come over. So his room is the the spot everybody hangs out now. That is awesome. It makes me want to go there. I have to tell you, <laughs> and when I realized, I think I was in Fry's grocery store, that if you go through the produce um, where it has a little bit of that rainstorm and it starts watering <laughs> the fruit or something, <laughs> I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. So when you said that, I thought, okay, I want to go to that room. Well, we have one minute before we go to break. Tori, can you give our listeners just one tip and just doing the remarkable or how they can find you besides being on our homepage at Girlfriend It. 
Um, you can find us at www.roomforjoy.org. Um, we have, I would encourage you to go to that site. We have a great fundraiser coming up, um, a kids' fashion show, and we're looking for models and sponsorship for that. And the tip would be just get out there and, and seek a way to help other people. We're also unique in our experience and our background, and it's an awesome thing to be able to just uh, reach out to other people and serve other people through your own unique uh, way that you're wired. Well, we just thank you so much, Tori, for being on the show with us. And once again, we've been talking with Tori Smock. She's CEO and founder of the faith-based nonprofit organization Room for Joy, where she is able to combine her interior design experience as well as her love for children. This is Girlfriend on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It radio right after these. Parents, if you feel overlooked, overworked, underappreciated, and seriously stressed out, the Parents Plate is here to help you. The Parents Plate with Brenda Nixon. Tuesday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on Toginet. It's time to build stronger families through parent empowerment. And that's what the Parents Plate does. The Parents Plate understands the busyness of life and balancing child rearing and other commitments. Brenda Nixon will be talking to noted experts and authors on all issues from teething to teen driving brenda nixon is a nationally recognized speaker to parents and child care professionals and author of the award-winning the birth to five book from fox four in kansas city to schools and synagogues to businesses to bookstores conferences to churches audiences rave that brenda engages educates and encourages for more information on brenda and her books check out her website brendanixon.com the parents plate is loaded with information and affirmation the parents plate with brenda nixon Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Penrod. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 Central on toginet.com. Life after an autism spectrum diagnosis doesn't have to be difficult. It can be joyful, happy, and filled with hope. Join Shannon Penrod, author, speaker, coach, and mom of a six-year-old recovering from autism for this inspirational hour of hope. She's even authored a series of children's autism books with her son, Jim. For more information about the books, Shannon, and Everyday Autism Miracles, go to her website, shannonpenrod.com. From there, you can also get to her other websites, blogs, and connections. On Everyday Autism Miracles, you'll hear stories from parents whose children have made miraculous strides. You'll also get the inside dish on therapies, treatments, supplements, and how to get funding to help you afford them. Miracles abound in the autism community. So tune in for Everyday Autism Miracles to listen, share, laugh, and surround yourself with hope. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Penrod. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, we are excited to have Michelle Park, who is an amazing woman. 
who just had to do something after taking a trip around the world and visiting many countries and countries that are in crisis. And she saw a lot of pain and hopelessness, and she just said, I have to do something about it. And we recently had the, um, the privilege of just sitting across the table and hearing her amazing stories, and we were so inspired by Michelle. Um, Michelle, you once said, once we had experienced the drastic conditions that existed throughout the world, we knew that we were called to serve others by providing hope and assistance to those who are in, who are in need. Michelle, welcome to Girlfriend at Radio, and we are so so thrilled to have you with us. Uh, How thank are you? Good to be here. Good. Well, you have a heart that knows no boundaries, and you are giving literally hope around the world in various ways. And uh, can you just share with us some of your passion behind um, your, organiz- your foundation called Giving Hope Worldwide, and just kind of explain to us what that is all about. Well, as you said, I had the opportunity to travel around the world. We visited five countries, and my eyes were just open to the poverty and the abuse around the world. And it began when, really, through that experience, I had so many questions. And I, when I returned home, I was angry, I was sad, and I began to question God. Why are there so many people starving? Um, just why? And why do people and children and babies have to live on the streets? And I began to realize that it wasn't really about what I was questioning God. It was what he was questioning me. Mm. And he had asked what, you know, he has more of a right to ask me why so many people are starving. And as much as we want God to explain himself to us in his creation, really I found I was in no place to demand that he give an account to me. So instead I asked, what can I do to touch a life, to feed a child? And in traveling around the world, I realized that in Proverbs it talks about speaking up for the voiceless. And we really are the the voice for the voiceless. And that's where my passion began. And when I returned home, it was just evident to me that God had called my husband and I to the ministry. And that's when we formed Giving Hope Worldwide. And it started by partnering with other organizations. We began to find them and and meet them and learn about them and come alongside of them and partner with them. And through this, we have just been so blessed um, to be involved in the amazing work that God's doing around the world. And it's, it's, it's a blessing. And I, I learn how, um, how can I touch a life? How can I put a smile maybe on a child's face? And so the passion behind what we do really started with that experience around the world when my eyes were open. It was no longer about me and my little world. It was about God's people that needed our help. And I I love that, Michelle. I know um, people will ask Lisa and I many times when some of the causes that we're, you know, fighting for and attacking injustice in certain areas, and they'll make comments like, well, isn't that so overwhelming? Or how in the world do you guys really think that you're going to make a difference? And, you know, we kind of look at them almost as insanity because it's making a difference to that one person. And if every single person chose one person, we wouldn't have the poverty and the children living on the streets. And, and it really is, I mean, it, it sounds very extreme, but it, it is our sin. We have a tendency to look at God and shake our fist at God, and yet if we're all doing our part, that wouldn't exist. And um, I, I know that sounds so extreme because people are like, no, 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 you know, now you're pointing a finger at me because I'm not doing something. But right. yeah, yeah. finger 
right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I am pointing a finger. Yeah, but- well, you know, I recently learned there's 147 million orphans. And if we all fed one, think of the difference it would make. Yes. 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 Well, I know when we were talking, you had made a comment because I said when I watched Slumdog Millionaire, that that part, that, that whole spoon scene where they take those little boys and they were yes. making them blind. And you said you actually were walking in the streets there where that takes where place. Where all that takes a little place. Bit, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about what you what you saw and what you experienced there. Well, um, India was just devastating for me. Uh, we had just left Africa, and I was told that India was going to be even worse. And I couldn't imagine how that could be possible. Well, when I walked those streets that you saw in the movie, it's all true but worse. Um, there's just awful, terrible things happening. And, you know, we realize that poverty can really crush your soul, if anything. And it causes people to do really bad things, but... India and, and all around the world, but we're, we're talking about India, that is so true, and it, it's so sad. I mean, it's, it's really devastating. Um, yeah, everyone well, should see that I, movie. I, I, and I think so many times, especially as us Americans and, and in the Western world, um, we go, oh, that is so sad that those people are experiencing that. And you know what? It's not us and them. We are all God's children, and God views us as one. And so it's like there are brothers and our sisters. And I love that you, you know, you came back basically wrecked inside and yeah. said, I you know we've got to do something about that. And it's not us and them. And uh, I know that you have a passion for, you know, for different things. But um, can you explain, you threw up this word with us, Watoto. And can you explain a little bit about what that means and who they are and, and that, that whole thing? Watoto is uh, Wizard of Oz in my world. Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, Watoto means the children. It's an organization in Uganda, East Africa, right outside of Kampala. And um, they rescue children and babies off the street oftentimes in bushes, trees, under trees and things like that. And um, they currently have about 2,000 children. Did you just say they rescue babies under trees? Yeah, we found babies in bushes, under trees, in ditches. It sounds like Moses, but it's not that great of a story like Moses. <laughs> no, it's not. But the great story is they've been rescued and they've been cared for and loved. And so many of these children are out there just being such a great witness for the Lord and wow. truly miracle stories. Now, are they just being left in bushes and trees because they're of- being abandoned? Maybe mom died giving birth, and the family can't care for them. Um, they're just abandoned for so many reasons, things that we can't even comprehend. Mm, wow. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I have to say it was interesting when, when we met that I was sharing my heart of just traveling um, pretty extensively and seeing so many horrific things, and God had not broken my heart. I literally would walk by, you know, boys that had polio that were just dragging their legs um, behind them, and they were begging. And at the time you see it, you're devastated and your heart hurts for them, but I was able to then, you know, go hang out on the beach. And what do you do to... Really, but that's see not it. you anymore, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> anymore. But what do you do in those? I mean, there, you know, so many of us are able to turn our head and look the other way. How do you um, see it through Jesus's eyes? What's your experience with that? 
on being able to, I mean, you, you hate to say, okay, God, break me. But, um, but yet, on the other hand, you, you want to be broken that we can truly experience this pain so we will feel compelled to do something. What was your experience? Right. Well, you know, growing up, you know, if we didn't finish our food, Mom always said, you know, there's starving kids in China, and that just wasn't a reality to most kids. And But when I traveled around the world and my eyes were open, what really broke me is when, when I saw what breaks the heart of God. Mm-hmm. That's what broke me. And when I come home to, you know, back to my comfortable life, you can you can get back into the comfort, but when I go back to seeing what breaks the heart of God, I, I can't escape it. And so I go out and I do what I'm called to do, and if, if that's touching one life at a time, that's what I do. And I, I was listening to you and Tori for what do you do for an escape? What I do is I go out and I try to do more. It never feels like enough to me. And it's the joy of my life. It really is. I love that because... Um... It, it is it is so easy to just get um, to just caught up in our in the own busyness of life. And I know I was reading something. So many times we have this mentality that I think as believers, I'm going to go take Jesus to them. Mm-hmm. And I was reading this thing. It's like, no, Jesus is already there. He's in the eyes of these children. He's in their heartbeat. We're, you're not you're not so arrogant that you're taking Jesus to them. He's already there. He's living and working. You are just sharing what you know with them. And I, I love that because if you go there, like you said, and it's the heartbeat of, of the Lord, and you go and say, I'm just going to, I'm going to go see Jesus and these people. And when you see that, you, it's hard to turn your, turn your back on that. Yes. Can I tell you that these people, these children, whether it's here in the United States or around the world, they touch my heart in ways. Sometimes I walk away going, I think I'm more blessed than them. I was supposed to do this, this, and this. But you can look into their eyes, and, and there's a difference. A lot of them, they do have Jesus. And so many people here will say, well, you know, they don't know any different. But you know what? Those children hurt and cry, and they're scared, just like our children get here. And so... That's the sadness. That's what breaks my heart, and I can see where it breaks God's heart. But they, you know, yes, so many, we have to bring, Jesus is already in them. That We're created to be like him. And so when we go out, and I have a great partner in Mexico, he says, I'm not going to say you need to go to church, and then I'm going to feed you. He says, just give them the darn sandwich. Just feed them. Feed them with the love of God. And I learned a lot from him. My ministry, at the end of the day, if I shared how much God loves you, then I've done my job, whether it's through a sandwich or through a, a, a gift, a stuffed animal, whatever it is, that God loves you, then I've done my job. Well, we have one minute left, Michelle, before we go oh, Okay. On. It goes by so fast. And it you're, does. It's so fascinating. But we would, we would ask for just like one tip you would share. But I, I wanted to throw at, um, you had an impact on us when you shared that you had been to several funerals just in the last year and, and so many people, you know, how do you deal with that? So just kind of share one tip on, on, cause that's what I think people, they shy away from getting involved because they might get hurt. Right. That's a tough one. You know, we go to these funerals. I've been to a couple lately with Hope Kids. They're located here in Phoenix. And we go. We show up. We, it's sad. We cry. 
we grieve with the family, we grieve when we're home, but you know, somehow that's a hard that's a hard question to answer, but it is by the grace of God that he helps us get through it and we we continue on. I don't really have the perfect answer for that other than the grace of God. And you know what, we're gonna end on that. Wow. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Now, this Saturday morning, we're going to count them down one more time from number 40 all the way to number one with the official classic hits countdown, the American Rock and Roll Countdown. We'll count down the biggest hits of the 70s with interviews and artist information, news, weather, sports, you name it, we'll have it this Saturday morning, 9 o'clock Eastern, right here on Toginet for the American Rock and Roll Countdown. The American Rock and Roll Countdown on Toginet. Hello everybody, this is Pete Dix of Beatles and Beyond. You're listening to George Harrison jamming in the background here as I'm preparing the next show for you. So why don't you listen to Beatles and Beyond with Pete Dix on this radio station. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Okay, today we have been talking about doing something, combining your passion, expertise, and sometimes your heartbreak into going out there and making something happen. And we have Jane and Heather on the line who have some sister circles and some sister groups, and we just want to talk and chat with them and find out a little bit more about why they started this group and what exactly that they do within this group. Because we can all do something. We can all do something. So, Jane, Heather, are you there? Hi. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Patty. Hi. Are you guys having a great morning? We are. We're having an awesome morning. We're so looking forward to the weather cooling down. How (laughs) how about you guys? Oh, yeah. It has been wonderful. Elisa, of course, is um, probably on her second cup of coffee, so she's pretty (laughs) hated and things are great. (laughs) That always helps, right? (laughs) Jane, tell us a little bit more about uh, this strength of the sisters group. Well, we pretty much started about three years ago. Um, the men who were doing Band of Brothers um, have groups where they meet once a month, and they just encourage each other. They kind of do what they call a check-in. And so we were encouraged to um, just meet with the wives and the other women who um, basically have a place to connect with other women, a safe place where they can make friendships, 
where they can realize they're not alone. Um, there's no requirement to read a book or do homework. I think so many of us feel overwhelmed with life and all the demands that are on us. Um, we just need a place to go and be real and, and just feel refreshed by talking and being encouraged by other women. And that is so significant because as women, we really do need each other, and we just need a safe place, and we just need to connect. And like you said, I live in the homework part. <laughs> the, um, so many times it's like, okay, don't put one more thing on my plate to connect. Right. You know? Exactly. We don't want to have to put that requirement out there where you just feel pressure. You didn't do, you know, your reading. You didn't uh, do your homework. or So this place, you know, it's just to come and talk about real-life issues. A lot of times, you know, we just have so many different acquaintances and friendships out there where, where we know people, but they don't really know us. And so yeah. this place, you know, we're intentional about what we talk about in our topics, and, and it's still in a fun and inviting way where you don't feel, feel that pressure. Okay, well, I, we know that there are a lot of women sitting out there going, okay, I would love to get a group of women because I have a need in my life just to connect with other women and um, just in friendships and just, you know, hear another woman's heartbeat because so many women live in isolation, you know. And, and um, what would you say, because this might even be intimidating to women to get a group going, but how would you just advise other women that are sitting out there going, I should do this, but I don't know how. So how would you, like, some simple steps to just, you know, invite two or three other women together? Right. And, you know, basically that's how it starts. It starts off with just a few of your friends that maybe you know another child's mom or somebody in your neighborhood or somebody at your work. And, you know, you just maybe it's just two of you, and you just start off with that, and you realize that, you know, there are so many women out there that don't really have maybe a deep friend or somebody they can talk about issues that are going on in their life. And so maybe it's each of you inviting one friend and it turns into four women. And, you know, we just, we kind of go over a list of topics. We only meet once a month. And so we might talk about, you know, priorities or marriage or um, just issues that affect women. So, you know, it starts off just very basic. You don't have to you don't have to have a lot of materials. You don't have to have pretty much anything. You just have to have a desire to want to connect with those other women and and be intentional about your life. Now, did you start doing this with another girlfriend, or did you just start doing it by yourself? Yes. So Heather, who's here with me, um, Heather. you know, and, hi. <laughs> um, we both, uh, you know, have started a group together, and then we kind of split off, and now we have a couple different groups going. So, yeah. Okay. So you two started together, and then Jane, you started a group, and then Heather, you went and started a group. Yeah, that's how that's how we started. We actually had um, like a core group of women that met together for several months just to get together and try this out in our own lives and to apply it for ourselves before we stepped out and started inviting other women in. And then we kind of split off, and um, I invited women from my husband's Band of Brothers group and friends and coworkers, and that personal invitation, a lot of them took that and um, started in our group. And Jane did the same thing, and we're um, really hoping that in the next few months we'll be starting a few more as well. Wow. Now, so you guys don't meet all together. You just you have the separate entities, separate groups, but it's, 
it's kind of the same formula. But I, I, the reason why I, I'm intrigued by that because I, I think I would have a hard time splitting up from Lisa. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and that that was one of the hard things for us. But you know, it was our desire to reach out to these other women, and you know, Jane and I and the other women that are involved in our core group, we still get together and we reach out to each other to support support one another through these groups as well. But um, I think it really stemmed from our desire to reach as many women as we possibly could, and the only way to really do that was to kind of divide up and, you know, and reach into our communities that way. Well, I, I think what you're saying is you guys are more mature than we are. No, no. Because <laughs> we still are meeting together, so what does that tell you? We still need each other. And you do develop that bond and that relationship to where you don't really want to stop meeting because, you know, you've already gotten to that level of friendship, and it's hard to just keep starting over. So there definitely is something to be said about, you know, continuing on. And maybe it's just, you know, a couple of different women which you do that with. Um, and then the, this kind of provides a platform for other women to get together, and maybe they will find a connection within the group where they can develop that deeper friendship outside of just meeting once a month. Yeah. Okay, and just you know, when you get together with women, it's always really insightful because you and as long and when you give women permission to just be real, they feel like they're in a safe place. They they really do want to share and just be able to download and talk. So, what are some insights you guys have gained when you've had some of these times of getting together? What are some things that you that you've discovered? Well, I've I've seen that we share so many um, common denominators with women. We're busy, we wear many hats, and we face the challenges of trying to juggle it all. And with meeting with these women, it has challenged me to look at my own priorities and to um, look first at my relationship with God and what am I doing each day, reading and praying, and my relationship with my husband and my children and my career outside of our home. Um, and meeting with these women has encouraged me to take on the biblical principles to be the godly wife, mom, and the woman God has already declared me to be. And so just getting together with these women, I just see that we just share so many of these common denominators and just having that opportunity to um, voice our concerns and our fears and our victories with one another is just a real powerful way to embrace embrace all that life is um, sending our way. Well, and, and it's you know, sad. I was just going to say, too, it's hard, you know, when we're not focused and intentional. I mean, we all know how time just slips away. So if you really don't make it a priority, it just doesn't happen. Well, and, and that is so true because so many times you have women going, I don't have time for that. But really, as, as, as human beings and as women, we will make happen whatever is a priority to us. And right. that's the reality. So I even find myself when I go, you know, I don't really have time to do that. But if, if it was really important to me, I really would make the time. So I think it's getting to the point where women value friendships because I think so many times as women, we, we look at friendships as a luxury, and especially when we are um, in that season of raising young children and we are, you know, being torn in different directions and we're exhausted, we go, in another season of life, I will invest in women and allow myself to have friendships. And yet those are the times we need our friendships you know, significantly to be able to, you know, go, right. okay, here's what I experienced. So it's like it is so true, like you said, making it a priority. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and I well, realized that really all of us at different times were either just on the backside of a particular challenge, right in the middle of one, 
or just about to head into one. So it's really nice to have those women around you to know that they um, really do accept you for who you are and encourage you um, through those times. And you find out so much about who you are through other people rather than if you just get so caught up and I'm too busy and I just have to be here with my family, you're not really discovering you. I know I've discovered a lot about myself from you. <laughs> yeah, that's very All true. Right. We we continuously discover because, you know, she points it out, of course. But um, so you put the mirror in my face and I go, oh, I'm loving that reflection right now. <laughs> But we are told, you know, love Jesus and love others. And we think, okay, I'm going to do the love Jesus, love Jesus part, but then after my family, you know, I raise them and, and get out a little bit more, then I'll do the loving others when we can be doing that right now. Right, exactly. I, I hear what you're saying. I was That was totally the spot that I was in. I was like, well, let's just wait for the kids to get a little bit older, and, and then I can take the time to do that. And just my own self-sufficiency of um, not allowing these other women into my lives to help me through these times. Exactly. Well, we only have about two minutes, if you can believe it. It's gone by that fast. And so we want to just leave the listeners with just a couple of, of tips and things, you know, they can do. Because we've been talking, like I said, about I must do something. And we've been talking with remarkable women today that have that are doing something just like what you guys are doing. And what would you what would you tell people as far as um, it's so easy to help everyone else, and yet we don't give ourselves permission and allow others to speak in our life. Can you just address that and leave, kind of leave us with that thought? Well, I think, you know, like you said, I mean, as women, um, we just tend to be caretakers of everyone around us and don't really focus on being intentional about getting ourselves connected. And that can really be the healthiest thing we can do for our families because, um, you know, we really want to move from just distractions and good intentions to meaning and purpose in our lives, and if we are, um, are, are don't have those that support system and those friends and those relationships to build us up, then we really aren't going to be the best that God intended us to be. So it's really just starting small, and you don't have to even feel that you have the remarkability to do that. You just have to reach out to one other girlfriend and, um, you know, just be intentional about that relationship and keep focused on moving ahead and then worry about inviting others later. Well, and you know what? That's such a great, great point um, because what Patty and I always say is we feel like we are better wives and better moms because of our friendship, mm-hmm. because we are able to, you know, kind of download because our husbands don't want to hear all our words in the day. Oh, for and sure. <laughs> we're more excited and enthused so that you bring that into your relationships at home, and so it really does, our relationships with our girlfriends enhances our roles as wives and moms, and it doesn't take away, like sometimes I think people think, well, that takes away, you can't have it all, and you really can't, and my husband absolutely loves, you know, my friendships that I have, and my friendship with Patty, and it's, it's so not a threat, so thank you guys again for being on the show and sharing your heartbeat, and thing that you're doing something about that and, and, and being in other women's lives and being intentional. And we just want to say thank you for listening today. We just encourage all of you to go out, be intentional, go do something and make a difference as you can. Thank you. Thanks.
Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriend It, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the show designed.